0: Last year in spring, one of my book club friends sent me an Instagram message and inside that Instagram message was an advertisement post for a book poster, but not any kind of book poster. No, 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 no. It was a scratch-off book poster. So if you don't know these, you might have seen those world posters where you scratch off the countries you've visited. Now imagine that with books. It took me like five seconds to decide that I really, really need this book poster because it's like the ultimate challenge for myself. And now I'm here having this, this Democlas sword hanging above my head where I have to read all of these hundred books because, you know, I cannot be a chill reader. No, no, I, I have to be like this horrible challenge reader where I just have to read all these books now, because I I paid for it, right, so I have to do it now. And this uh, brought me to read Stephen King. I do not get along at all. But here we are. I'm I'm thinking I'm reevaluating and I'm I'm trying to give him a chance to better understand my relationship with Stephen King. Let let's let's dive a little bit back into my history with him. So I have a childhood trauma from it. Because I watched, like, the first five minutes of the old movie when I was six or seven years old. um, Yeah, that, that stuck. <laughs> and um, then we uh, read Carrie in high school because my classmates were like, Oh my God, why do we always read these old books, these boring classics? Can't we read something fun? Yeah, and then we read Carrie. And I did not like Carrie. Like Carrie was one of the most boring books ever. I, I felt like every Buffy episode was more horrible or terrifying than Carrie. So I did not understand why we read that or why this was fun. The discussions at school about the book were like the most plain and boring ones ever. And I just did not understand what was happening. And I swore I would never touch another Stephen King book because I was kind of done. Suddenly though, I was on a car ride with my brother and he just switched on Stephen King, The Dark Tower for the next seven hours. And there was no way that I could be like, hey brother, could you like choose another book? So I had to listen to it, which is fun because like if you ask me which book I would read now it would be The Dark Tower however it was so boring like nothing happened nothing there was this gunslinger and then he ran around searching for the black man and then he found the kid and there was nothing in this world and there were other people and it was just like the gunslinger trying to find the black man for seven hours in a car and you cannot switch it off. Do you feel the pain? <coughs> <coughs> yeah. And then I got the scratch up poster. Oh! Yes, okay, so scratch poster. And now I have to read it. I had to read them. It's horrible. On the scratch-off poster, there are three books which I have to read so I can scratch them off. The first one is Mr. Mercedes, which uh, was recently published in 2011, I think. Um, And it's about this guy who um, is a little bit mad and he takes a Mercedes and then he drives into a crowd of people and kills some and an old detective trying to figure out who the murder was. So it's basically a detective story about a Mercedes. And then you have Misery, which tells the story about a writer who gets kidnapped by his number one fan. And the number one fan was uh, very unsatisfied with his latest release of a book. So she kind of uh, forces him to rewrite the story with convincing methods, (laughs) to say the least. And then we have End of Watch. And now comes the big surprise you take a look at End of Watch and figure out what book it is. And then I had to realize that it was the third book in the Mr. Mercedes series. If it's the third book, it means there's a first book, there's a second book, and there's a third book. Which means I also have to read the second book. <laughs> which makes it four books. Not free. No, 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 no. Four Stephen King books I have to read thanks to the book poster because they think that Stephen King is important enough that you have to read three books, even if the latest series is total crap and not good. Just just read the last series. But I made it. I I'm at. I finished uh, Finders Keepers, which is the second book, so I have only End of Watch left. So while I was on this ride, I reflected and I thought a lot and I tried to figure out why I had to read Stephen King and why people like him so much. And I've ascended upon the road to acceptance. I think I figured out why people like it so much, what makes him that important. But it also explains why I don't care and why it's okay for me to not like him. The thing that is the hardest for me is his bad writing. I had um, the best metaphor I found was that his writing feels like a metal grid that stood years in dirty water and got all that glibbery stuff you are completely disgusted to touch. The grit is the simplicity, the easy prose. Everyone can fall in it. It's like very down to earth. It's nothing special. And it was also the reason why critics never accepted Stephen King books. Because he is not one of the acclaimed writers of literary fiction. And I struggle with that. I get that it's really important because it sells out to the masses he he could reach everyone with it so even the car seller living on the other side of the planet uh, with no education whatsoever can find enjoyment and entertainment in his books and that's that's a good thing if you remember that you can also tell stories to the regular people on this planet or people who are not into books and they can find enjoyment in it. And it's, it's for each and everyone. But it's also a very sad kind of storytelling. I will give you an excerpt from the Misery audiobook. There was a queer interval of silence and Paul was frightened by what he saw in her face. Because what he saw was nothing. The black nothing of a crevasse folded into an alpine meadow a blackness where no flowers grew and into which the drop might belong. It was the face of a woman who has come momentarily untethered from all of the vital positions and landmarks of her life. A woman who has forgotten not only the memory she was in the process of recounting, but memory itself. So, as you can see... Although yeah, I I agree it's like a very shitty production and it was very painful to listen to it, but it makes something very obvious: the easy sentence structure. It goes da 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 da, da 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 Because the production was so um, basic, they left a lot of space between the sentences so they could cut things more easily and went in this monotone way. You could easily recognize the simpleness of the sentences and the repetitiveness of the writing and how, how he tried to feed that with some special kind of descriptions but these descriptions is what I mean when I say this glibbery stuff that that's stuck to the grit. There is no beauty in it because he is like writing about the, the grittiness of life and disgustingness of thrillers and horror. I, I think there are people are like that. I don't. I just don't. Okay, and then we have... um the second point which is that me as a female I can detect um, sexism in it because Stephen King is a baby boomer a white male writer and so even if he tries and I think sometimes he tries he still he still sometimes just fucks off (laughs) and it's irritating for me if i have to think about the white male uh republican standard american living on the other side of the ocean and um enjoying this book and being like oh yeah that's so true i just very very hard for me to to get along with i get it it's still annoying it's I I don't like the evil mothers who are to blame and at fault for for bringing up these psychopaths because I'm like yeah what about the fathers? <laughs> are they not at fault? Shouldn't they have been there? Then it's the the wish fulfillment from from a male standpoint. So in Mr. Mercedes the pensioned cop will get an Insta romance with this hot forty year old sexy woman who just throws herself at him and they have the best sex in their life. Which is like nah nah I don't like Insta Love in Y A and I also do not like Insta Love or no, it's not it's not Insta love. Because it's not about love. They just want to do to be have sex even if they look shit men just want girls throwing themselves at them and then they can just see see that's that's what happening in my brain if you write it like that i i cannot stop the sarcasm it's just there and my next problem is the portrayal of masculinity that got us all these problems because there's no diverse masculinity there's just american masculinity (sighs) you know the cops the rangers the baby boomers there's not like uh, the emotional nerds the the nice Guys, everyone is like having these slurs and this slang. Oh, the gunslinger. The gunslinger was the most horrible one with his guns and his darkness and his broodiness. And he's such a male. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's so strong and so, uh, so hard. I cannot relate. I don't want to relate. I don't like this kind of... Masculinity. I I want regular people who I can talk to who do not have to prove me how manly they are. It's just not necessary because I don't have to tell to prove to them how female I am, um, and we can just be regular humans. I know it doesn't go away. I will make a special episode about this, but for me it's hard to read. And my third problem is that. Stephen King has written a lot of books. Lots of books. Um you can spend years reading all of them. And it's it's so many that a friend said she doesn't believe that he has r- written all of them. He she believes that he got a ghostwriter because uh, there's no other way to explain this many this lo- this this amount of content. On the other hand, I do not agree. I mean, Stephen King gets a lot of praise for his work ethics, where he sits down and writes uh, six hours every day. But, you know, if you look at it, you see what he's actually doing. He is doing mass production. (laughs) He has this toolbox, and then he picks out stuff, and then he puts it together. It's not high quality. It's just... Puzzle pieces he just puts together. Minecraft. Lego. (laughs) So even though (laughs) you can uh, build some nice buildings out of Minecraft, in the end, they all look the same. Or you take Lego and then you build stuff out of Lego. But in the end, it's just Lego. It will never look like, I don't know, mm, a plant can make a plastic plant but it will never be a plant and that's that's what he is doing it's it's like fast food you could go and get fast food and eat your big mac at mcdonald's no problem but you could also go home and have a home-cooked meal and what would you enjoy more and what is more memorable also what is more healthy Huh. Let's, let's not forget that point. So I I would rather ask what would have happened if Stephen King would have taken more time and actually wrote more higher quality books and spent more time on each book and really worked out the conflicts and thought more about it and not just sat down and, and wrote it all down, just to be done and finished and have the most books published? I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it would mean that writers who uh, spent years on one book do not have a correct work ethic, because if Stephen King does it, then they could do it too. And if they, they must sit at home and never write something, right? because otherwise we would already have our books. (laughs) No, no, they're just not sitting down and writing. But that's not the case. These people sit down, they write, and they erase, and they edit, and they rewrite, and then they think. Thinking is a very important process. I can imagine that Stephen King is like spending a lot of time on thinking while he is writing, so he's more the practical person. But does that mean you have to publish everything you write? really but in the end it's his legacy and if he doesn't wants to do it he can do it he is popular with it he earns his money through it so be it okay and now let's let's look at the things that he's really good at and um the first one is the iconic character building and i i i can agree like you you read a character in in a Stephen King book and you have an image it's there and it's stuck you cannot get it out and you know how this character would react they are three dimensional they have their own deepness you know how they would react in certain situations they have a a certain speaking pattern in which they work Um, but they also build heavily on stereotypes Like the crazy nurse in uh, Misery or the narcissist writer (laughs) or the old pensioned American detective or the Western gunslinger. Yeah, that's just that's just giving gives me depression, guys. (laughs) So that's like I mentioned this two books. He takes them, then he turns them into these comic characters and then they always stay true to themselves. And there's sometimes no, no big change in them. Like you cannot make big jumps because they always have to stay true to themselves. But yeah, that's, that's one of the things he's really good at, setting up these iconic characters and keeping them iconic. And then you can also take them and put them in other books. And that's how his Multiverse came to be. People probably love that. If then you can see their biggest nightmare again in another book. And <laughs> I'm trying not to be so sarcastic, but I cannot stop it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. And then he also picks up um, society issues, uh, which I think is a nice thing to do. I think that if you're an author, you cannot be not political and you. You have to see what is happening around you and see what these what these people go through and since Stephen King is always writing from the small people kind of point of view he's he's taking care to to see their everyday life. I'm not sure if he's always done that I, it's prevalent in the Dark Tower. It's also uh happening in in Mr Mercedes where he took the finance crisis the stand the green mile so that's that's good because if people read those books they feel like someone is taking them seriously and understanding their problems I'm not always sure about the uh, solution of the conflict but I think it's it's important to appreciate that he does that and not just gloss over these problems and the third point is that people like thrillers. I I don't understand why. I I can read everything, just not crime and thrillers. I hate them. It's like the worst genre for me ever. Because for crime, you can just read the first... First page, and then you read the last, and then you know what happened. <laughs> and fillers uh, are just like this building up tension. How how mad people can get. And I I researched this why why are people so fascinated about psychopaths? And it sh- uh, it turns out that people like the idea of not of people not following rules. Imagine you get so angry that you just do whatever you want to do. If you get angry at the person and you just kill them, that is uh, apparently a satisfying idea to many. <laughs> the idea of just just doing that. And so they they read with huge fascination what they cannot do and it allows for some possibilities in your head to explore these kinds of scenes where you then realize oh yeah that might have been stupid to do because like in the end it's just just bad but now you know how it would feel if this would have been you doing that maybe through his books you can really look into these people's heads and and experience this madness and a lot of people like that not not like liking that but f- they're fascinated maybe they also like it because in everyday life you have to work and function so maybe it's entertainment entertaining to just let loose and not in the way of we are all going crazy but in a wa- way of yeah let's let's explore something and by doing this he evolved the thriller and the horror genre together with um, Alfred Hitchcock made it into pop culture. So with all this I can see why people like Stephen King and why people read it and why he is so famous and popular Mm, but it doesn't mean in the end that I have to like it and enjoy it. I can wholeheartedly say I don't want to be involved with this and that is fine to do so because I do not find joy or entertainment in listening how mad people can get and how one person tortures the other person. When I read the, the torture scenes in misery, I knew that um, the nurse is a very sad person and the author is a very sad person and both deserve my pity. Both of them became kind of sick I, I had no chance to root for anyone. I did not root for the author. I did not root for the for the nurse. I was very disgusted while reading. I did not enjoy exploring having to explore my feelings and reactions. What um, reading these scenes do to me. And it's not that I do not like dark books when I read Red Rising. There was there was an idea, a belief reasoning some basic some some bigger theme and greatness in it in misery i wasn't it was just plain madness that led to these situations and i don't want to think about plain madness just be here because it's so damn crazy and so damn scary Maybe one day I would pick up um, The Dark Tower again because everyone said it's um, getting better at the third book but then I would have to read the first book again and I'm not sure if I would survive that. Writing. The nightmare <laughs> I still <have. laughs> still strong but yeah, here we are. I get why, why Stephen King is here, Yes, it's okay he is here, I just don't enjoy reading him. <laughs> So I wish you a good day and see you soon. Bye bye.